New York Real Talk with Pamela Sue Mann, Alex Lefchuk, and some incredibly inspiring guest co-presenters from the city that never sleeps via Siren Radio and Southside Broadcasting.
<laughs> and so we move on with another classic New York Real Talk and Pamela Suman will, I'm sure, be joining us shortly because uh, given the, the theme of today's programme, it's very much music-oriented and we're delighted to welcome back for his third visit as far as Siren Radio is actually concerned, Southside Broadcasting, to that awesome force of nature when it comes to the saxophone, award-winning artist and indeed writer extraordinaire. He's so multi-talented, it's unbelievable. It's Jakeem Joyner. How are you? <laughs> hey, Alex, how you doing? How you doing? Glad to be back on the show. Well, really great to connect with your good self, of course. And we've uh, got two fabulous fine souls as well, uh, uh, which kind of also maintains this link, which means it's USA 3, England 1, because Kathy Manso is from uh, Miami. Hi, Kathy. Yes. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and, and, and Kathy, although she's in Miami, but she's decided that it was too cook, too cold in Miami. So she came over to Lincoln, England, uh, where it's uh, it's obviously a lot warmer in all sorts of ways from that point of view. So, so, so Kathy's over with us as well. Uh, and from North Carolina, of course, the awesome Jessica Burtis. How are you, Jessica? Hello. I'm doing pretty well. We're expecting snow tonight. So speaking of cold, <laughs> exciting. Oh. You see, nice, it just goes nice. to show, yeah, California, you know, if you had snow there, you'd be quite worried, really. Although I suppose you do actually in certain states, depending on, on how, how high in California you go, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the last I saw snow here, because where I live is kind of up in the mountains. I'm still in L.A. County. And occasionally it snows because we're so high. Um, but for the most part, we don't see snow. It's like never. <laughs> Yeah. Although I suppose you do see it in the movies, let's face it. I mean, in the Hollywood movies, though, it's yes, <laughs> you can actually go down to Universal Studios and they've got a really nice setup for snow. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what we actually need. So all's good as far as that's concerned. So um, I'm not sure whether there's a New York blockage on the line, but we'll continue in any case. Although I think Pamela is, is coming in, but let's make a start. Uh, we'll turn to Kathy to start off with, because it's the first time to actually throw a few questions, re uh, the awesomeness that is the musical genius of Joaquin. We've heard some of his material already, and we're focusing on that. I know in, in Joaquin's previous routine, we've focused on his writing, and we'll touch on that as well, because it's all part of the creative process and so on. Um, Kathy, as, as Pamela gets herself set up and, and, and f- percolated and sorted, would you like to tell Lisa, there's any questions you'd like to put to Jakeem at the moment? Oh, absolutely. I wanted to ask, um, so obviously already a fan, love jazz to begin with, and I've actually heard a lot of your music. Actually, your music is what helps me study a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you was, um, where were you when you heard your first song on the radio and what song was it and what wow. was for you? <laughs> I, was in, I was in Los Angeles and um, it was 2007. I believe I was in my car. I was actually just about to get out of my car before the song came on the radio on 94.7, the wave. I'll never forget it. Um, I, I literally was like, where's your mom? Where's mommy? Where's auntie? Where's cousin? I wanted to call everybody. Um, and the name of that song was stay with me tonight featuring um, Peter White. That's actually one of the most exciting moments was hearing your own song on the radio for the first time. <laughs> Oh, 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 
man, I can't imagine. Like, <laughs> I would also be like, I got to call everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was a great feeling. It's just one of those feelings that you can't buy. <laughs> Well, we often say the same just every time Pamela Suman joins us, just actually connecting with the whole thing. Pamela, it is your show, New York Real Talk. We've already kicked it off. We've started this magic rolling. So uh, over to your good self. Would you like to formally welcome the team, including, of course, the focus of today's show, Jakeem, to the program? Yes. Yes. And I really want to make sure that I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Jakeem or Jakeem or what do you prefer? Jakeem. Jakeem. The second time was right. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's amazing that we both did some pretty significant time in, um, in Virginia, in the Tidewater Virginia. area. Yes, <laughs> yes. Raised there, correct? Yes, yes. So, you know, I was born there. I grew, I, I lived there until I was about 14. And then I moved to upstate New York, where it's God forsakenly cold. It's colder than any place I've ever there. been. Where? That's where <laughs> Syracuse. Syracuse. I was really yes, really way, way up there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. I was doing way up there. Uh, it's freezing my <laughs> it's bones crazy. off. I know that for sure. I moved back after graduating high school uh, from Fowler. I moved back to Virginia, uh, where I'm from. It's a born in Norfolk. All of my family, aunties, cousins, uncles, they're all there. <laughs> um, so Ghent, you you know the area Ghent, right? Of of North, I don't know if it's still Ghent, but Ghent. it's kind of like the art area where they had um, the, the the art cinema and um, some really cool restaurants. I'm not sure if it's I, I know like the, that. I know what the art cinema is. I just do not recall the area Ghent in Norfolk. I, I, I'm i so sorry. I mean, is that near Granby Boulevard downtown? It's closer to downtown. They've, they've done some new stuff with Norfolk. I was just recently in Norfolk doing a show and they've yeah, really upgraded downtown. That was all pretty new, but I think it was, it's not too far from The Hague. I love the fact that there's oh, a Hague there. Okay, yes. What, body of what, which means. So I, 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 was, I was wondering, because having lived there and, and played music there, I mean, I had my first bands there. Mm. You know, it's not, it's not like the music center of the world, but there are amazing musicians there. So I was wondering, first and foremost, how did you get your in Virginia? You know, it's it's an interesting story because um, after leaving Syracuse and going back to Virginia, I was really anxious to get into the music scene. Um, I felt that playing a saxophone was my passion. And I hooked up, there was a symposium in downtown Norfolk where a um, piano player named Marcus Johnson, who started a label that was funded by Bob Johnson of BET, the billionaire. And um, they heard me play the saxophone and um, gave me a card. And then we started talking. And the next thing you know, I was in Marcus Johnson's band who had already toured all over the world as an artist. I was, mind you, I was 21 at the time. <laughs> and, um, and that was my first experience to actually play um, contemporary jazz on stage with an audience. And I think that's when I really decided this is what I really want to do. Um, it wasn't until a couple of years later uh, that I, I moved from Virginia to Los Angeles uh, at the age of 24. So I would say my big break actually happened in Los Angeles, <laughs> not Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's really, Alex, if it's okay. There was another thing, it's, 
so interesting when when you speak to musical artists like it's always so exciting to me to find out how they approach it all because so much of it is self-started i mean even if you're with a label and they say okay we're expecting a record that's mm -hmm. thing. but you have to have something to give them you have to have the inspiration and the spark so i wanted to ask you jakim if you don't mind i wanted to know if you don't mind sharing which one of these three approaches would you say that you take when the little muse of the idea comes to you would you Number one, fearlessly jump in, follow that right away. <laughs> Two, with a certain amount of measured risk, would you say, okay, I think this is good. I think I'm gonna follow this idea. I think I'm gonna go and make something out of this. Or three, would you wait until it circulates in your brain on a loop enough and your imagination and it keeps tapping you and you just can't ignore it anymore and finally Finally, after much thought, you think, okay, this is a good path to follow. I'm going to do this song. I'm going to follow this concept. You know, the third one, the third one that you said doesn't happen very often because when, when a melody comes to me, um, it'll, it'll, it'll be out of here in, you know, 30 seconds or, or, you know, so I have to try and record uh, what I'm hearing and see if I can make sense of it. And actually I jump right in. Like I, I literally, I jump right in to see if I can make something out of it as quick as possible. And um, sometimes uh, uh, it works out, other times it doesn't. I'm like, wow, it's just for some reason it's not working. But then other times I'm like, this is amazing. And it's really, really working. A lot of my songs uh, were put together that way, but there have been times where there were melodies that will, will hit me one time and then it'll come back at a different time and then it'll come back at another time. And I'm like, OK, you know what? I can't ignore this. I got to get back to the studio and <laughs> start this right now. So great question. <laughs> no, I mean, it's I talk, I, I talk about it a lot with friends because, you know, some friends are just, you know, they'll they'll chisel away and chisel away and, and other people will just jump right in. I'm in the same camp as you. <laughs> I just follow that and start something and then you can always pick it up later and continue it but right when it comes to you and it's there and it's alive it's good it's good I, i'm inspired by your answer yeah you know and uh, some some interesting things happen is it's like trying to find sometimes i record something that comes to me with my phone so that i don't lose the idea and then i'll come back to it and i can and, and sometimes you're like gosh i whatever feeling that I was having at the time, I don't feel anymore. So I, I know I hear the melody right now, but there was something in my mindset before that connected it that I can't find right now. So, and sometimes you can get stuck with that. So what I do now is I actually, I'll record the melody. I'll also kind of talk about how I'm feeling. Maybe if there was a song that I'm listening to or what's kind of in my head right now. So to just to kind of give a pretense to the song, because if I listen to that melody two days from now, I'm be like, what was this? What, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, <laughs> you know, just, yeah, just something to help me out. <laughs> no, it's true. And, and, and um, it's for, I know that for a singer, you can't, someone will even say, oh, can you go back and re-sing that? It's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> because you've got a certain emotion and a certain mood and landscape there. Are you, are you saying, Pamela, that if somebody actually turns around and says, right, I'd like to do 28 takes on this one, you might sort of think, what? 
<laughs> you, you know, it's so crazy. I remember recording a live session and uh, we had practiced a couple of time, times before they set up all the microphones. This was uh, at one of those really big studios in Hollywood, um, uh, Soundstage or something like well, a lot of famous people there. I think even Usher was was in one of the places um, recording. So we were recording and um, we were practicing the song, the whole band and everything. And they said, OK, guys, let's do it. Take one. And we did take one and uh, they loved it so much. And it was like, well, I was like, well, there had to be a couple of mistakes. Let's do another take. He was like, no, that's the take. <laughs> wow, that is pretty amazing. I don't mind doing 28 takes because, like, and I don't know how you feel about this. I'm curious to know if you're in the zone, don't you feel sometimes like you just want to play it again and again and again and like not leave that little bubble of a world do it again let me have another take i want to do it again because you want to like stay in that magic space yeah yeah sometimes if the song really feels good to play and it's just one of those songs where it just feels so great to play and you're thinking i there's i can really add even more to this or make it sound better um and and you you, you find yourself doing a lot of takes a lot of takes that you're not going to use <laughs> but but at least it felt good <laughs> and it's and it's fun. I, I, I like to capture that in a studio because um, when you break stuff up a lot and you keep you stopping and going and stopping and going, I kind of feel like that means you're not really uh, feeling a song that much. But if you can go from the beginning of the song to the end of the song, um, you can really find some amazing things in there, even if you don't keep the entire take, because sometimes you'll get into an emotion when you play or when you sing where it really, really captures those eight bars. <laughs> and then you go back and you try to sing it again. And no matter how hard you try to sing it again, it never comes out the way that it did <laughs> a few minutes ago. <laughs> I know, it's such an elusive friend, the, the voice. Yeah, it's true. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know if it's the same with, with an instrument, because it's it's that one degree apart you know you've got the instrument and and the emotion drives the instrument but there's mm -hmm. an instrument the voice is just like this naked instrument so yeah you know one of the things a lot of people ask me about my sound on a saxophone and one of the things that i really like to try to capture with the saxophone is i want to make it sound as close to a vocal as possible um because you know i listen to a lot of vocalists you know whitney houston just so many vocalists that i listen to and it's like i'm playing this brass instrument and how can we bend the notes to make them feel and sound like my favorite singers or stevie wonder you know so um so a lot of times and i think that that might be the thing that could have set me apart as an artist is that when people hear my music they almost feel like they're hearing a singer um even though it's a saxophone but that's that's by design that's like how i really envision myself as a player at that point we'll just briefly bring in kathy because kathy you were saying that you use jakeem's music to help uh you with your studies and with your your, your writing and, and so on uh so kathy i've got to ask you what is your favorite jakeem joiner track that you'd like us to feature now that maybe when the album that Jakeem will obviously be releasing which is songs that help students study or something like that <laughs> um, you know, maybe it would actually get take front, front and center stage um, okay yeah I already know it's back to Motown that one
that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that track. We recorded that song live. And it's so interesting because um, I, I was at home and I was working on a track on a piano um, and I knew I was going to have a band uh, play it, but we didn't have enough songs in a studio. So it was it was crazy because that song came to the album at the last uh, minute. And that album, Main Street Beat, that, that was a number one album. <laughs> It was my first number one debut album on the Billboard. Um, and I was actually still writing that song on the way to the studio, uh, the track with the band. So when I got to the studio, I was like, OK, guys, I got this song that I wrote. It's called Back to Motown. And, you know, it just kind of goes like this. And can we can we just squeeze this in here? And it turned out to be something pretty great. So good choice of a song. <laughs> Thank you. I've known it for a, a bit now because so I used to do college radio uh, long ago and <laughs> and. Uh, uh, I was always in charge of uh, Solamente Latino, right? All the Latin music. But right before me was the Jazz Hour. And so that's how I always I always showed up for the last 30 minutes and he would use your music. And I was like, oh, this is great. And it's just been something that's constantly stuck with me. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. It, it's gradually getting your your global domination across, Joaquin, from the students of tomorrow, <laughs> the citizen, the students of today, citizens of tomorrow. Jessica, let's bring you in at this particular point. Any questions you'd like to put to Joaquin, uh, or indeed Pamela, on New York Real Talk? Yeah. So, Joaquin, I'd love to know with your music. I know that for some musicians, it's a form of storytelling, and for others, it's more about the emotion, and for others, it's more about like the challenge. Um, so, I'm just curious about how you see your own music and your own process. Um, you know, I, I kind of I feel like my music is um, my story, honestly, I've, and and my experiences, you know, told in a instrumental fashion, if that makes any sense um because you know every album that i've put out was during a time in my life where there was something going on and the album kind of reflected that year so to speak or um most of my projects are like that and even songs that i write um tend to come from uh, a place from inside you know where where i'm pulling out um, my emotions and and different things that are going on in, in my mind and, and in my life, you know, so um, absolutely. If I could ask one more, I'm super curious because I've heard some musicians do this. Do you ever name your instruments and kind of uh, feel like personal about them? <laughs> never named my instruments. So many people have asked me that, but I've never, I just couldn't figure out a reason why. Maybe I will, but I, you know, I don't call it by a name. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're never going to go around and say but i can't possibly do this without herbie my favorite saxophonist and, and, and saxophone you know maybe i will think of something clever to name my uh soprano saxophone <laughs> <laughs> well maybe you might be inspired by of course a question which is uh becoming legendary as we go through the series of new york real talks uh which of course is pamela suman's classic wacky new york moment pamela back to you <laughs> strange i feel as if i've asked you this but i never have so it's really it's maybe about, in a past life pamela i don't know i mean we could have been doing a lot of takes on this show this could be take 926 <laughs> Deja vu. It's something that that you you can't remember, never happened, and yet you feel like it happened, but you don't even know what that was. <laughs> so maybe it's like the inverse of it. That's yes. not the so, question, Jakeem, by the way. It's not as <laughs> metaphysical as that. <laughs> <I got> you. <laughs> you know, music can be 
be quite a metaphysical place. Um, and with that, I guess I'm just curious to know off the top of your head, what if you have a like a wacky memory of of you know something that happened in New York City that maybe you thought could only happen here, or just you just it's kind of a head shaker like did that just happen? Did I just see that person doing that or wearing that or did I really just have that bizarre conversation or you know the sort of thing that that just will always about yeah. a New York City experience. <laughs> you mean like deja vu? <laughs> that happened in new york (laughs) but no i mean like when you were here Mm -hmm. and you experienced something totally bizarre um Mm -hmm. that you were like wow that was really bizarre and and it maybe could only happen in new york well, the only thing I'm sure could happen only happened in New York. I remember I was playing for the Stan Kalala Jazz Orchestra, um, and I was still in high school as a saxophone player. Um, it was super cold outside. I was carrying my saxophone, and my hands were frozen. Um, my feet were frozen, I'm sure. And I also think my ears were also frozen on my way to uh, <laughs> uh, the audition, I think it was. And then when I got there... I was like, okay, I got to play this audition, but my hands aren't moving. And and I thought to myself, I had a dream about this. Like, I just remember this happening at some other time where I could, where I tried to play my horn and I, and I couldn't because my hands weren't moving. And I asked the instructor, could you guys call on me a little later? <laughs> I think that, that, that was a New York moment. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, in the past, Jakeem, we've had people who've shut down transit systems at New York Airport. We've had people who've actually sort of been held over a banister, actually sort of trying to get shots of a stage thing. It's quite astounding, really. Two of those experiences I think we're shared on this show, but never mind. Um, <laughs> photographs. I know it's radio, but uh, we always like to move a few sort of images behind that. How important, how much control do you actually have to have over the sort of choice of images that uh, is put out, which represent obviously album covers and various other things? Because we, I mean, there was a time, and I might be the only person who's chronologically gifted enough to remember this, where we were thinking very much about the album cover, the art of the album cover was just so important. It was such a critical side of things. It was always essential. Uh, now with downloads and various other bits and pieces, it can change all sorts of things. I personally like the Joaquin Joyner with the nice, bright, sparkly thing as opposed to the moody Joaquin job. But you know, what the heck? They're, all, they're both good. Um, I mean, do you have any kind of say in terms of the, the photographic image or do you just sort of trust the photographer? <laughs> Well, I mean, um, I was signed to a label, uh, Mac Avenue Records out of Detroit for about some 10, more than 10 years. And um, they would hire all the photographers and different things like that. And um, we would go through some of the images or the images that they would show me. I know there's a hundred more they didn't show me, but (laughs) choice is an illusion, by the way. But um, um, they would show us some of the best pictures and then we would choose some, I would go through some the best pictures that I like and then we would come up with an album um, cover or the person that's designing the album cover would uh, send us like four comms 
of the album cover. So I wouldn't say I had too much choice on it. I do know I would say that if I wanted it to be a bright cover or a dark cover or what kind of mood that it is. I mean, now I have my own label, so I pretty much have creative control over everything. Um, and with the photographers, I kind of give them an uh, idea of what I'm trying to shoot. And then I get to look at all the pictures and then we choose which one we think best represents the song and the mood. Um, so now I have total con creative control. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> which, which makes sense. Following on from that, Jakeem, I would wonder if this, this is another question, um, which is relevant to, <laughs> to people trying to decide when you do have the creative control your hands completely, is it difficult for you to decide? Is it challenging? Are you like, oh wow, I love these 10 and I cannot choose? Or are are do you are you like this that one? That's the mood. Are you gonna <sighs> Uh, the, sometimes there is uh, that one picture, um, but a lot of times, most of the times when you have too much uh, the control, you're like, gosh, I, I kind of wish I didn't have that <laughs> that many options and there was someone else that can eliminate half of these right off the bat for me. <laughs> and then we would be great because it's just stuck in your head. And you know, when that happens, that kind of sucks your creative energy away because he's like, oh, you know, uh, we haven't chosen an album cover yet. Oh man, it's like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I know what you mean. And then, you know, you're just you kind of like, oh, that, there's things about that one and then that one, and that one, you know, and it, it does take up that psychic space that you're like, but I just wanna record another song. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes it's like you go back and you, you, you really love one picture and then there's another picture that you passed over and you're like, well, okay, now I like this one better. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, I think when you like I'm not pushed for deadlines like I used to since I'm I'm kind of the CEO of my business now. So but there were times where it was like we need to choose a cover by next Tuesday, period. That's it. Snow, you know, now it's like uh, let, let me let it simmer for a, a few weeks and, and don't think about it and work on some music and then get back to it. <laughs> the best way forward i mean there, there are currently teams i know pamela and myself have gone through hours of ramifications on the the new york real talk image for home of the world's finest pickle i mean it took us a long time to actually come up with a strap line for that uh pamela finally emerged <laughs> with that with, with i think our daughter no Faye, really. <laughs> so so you know how we're going to sort of cope with home of the world's finest pickle frankly i don't know i mean to me it just seems surreal but then i figure it's because i'm british what the hey um <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, back to yourself. Any other sort of questions or queries that you've been uh, stimulated to ask from the conversation so far? Ooh, okay. So I guess, um, I don't know. Should I like, just, should I just go big? Should I ask a really hard hitting question? Um, <laughs> so I think, I think, you know, let's end it pretty big. So I think, I think I, I remember reading that you define your music as con contemporary jazz, if I'm not mistaken. And I guess what I want to ask is how, how do you define it and how does your music reflect that? You know, um, I wouldn't say I define my music as one thing, honestly, um, because, you know, I play all types of music and genres and feelings, even, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Hans Zimmer, believe it or not, or Steve Jablonski. And, and, and these are people who compose music for film. You know, if, if you, if you had my iPhone and, and, and looked at my playlist, playlist, you'd be like, Oh, okay. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> you know? So, um, but when it comes to my music, I don't want it to restrict it because I, I like for my music to mean whatever it, 
means to you, honestly, you know, I mean, because it means something different to other people. Um, there are times where I do want to write or produce a song that fits a specific thing, you know, whether it's going to be funk or smooth jazz or straight ahead jazz or Latin jazz. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's like I'm being creative and the music is coming from me and I'm just giving uh, the best versions of my passion and you're free to decide what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it opens up a whole route to a bit like jessica's iphone because we always know with jessica she's always on the move you see guys she's always actually moving from one place to the other it's kind of like a constant sort of stream of things it's a bit like north carolina citizens per se just keep moving and moving targets is, is less easy to hit you know it's it's it's, it's all good which is, which is excellent <laughs> stuff there um whilst jessica settles jakeem i've got to ask you, you mentioned hans zimmer there and you mentioned your iphones we featured obviously much of your own music in this particular show but what personally would you like us to, uh, to to put into place uh when it comes to musical choice would it be hans simmer's theme from the gladiator for instance or are you going completely different maybe maybe the whole notion of man of steel who knows do you know you know i really like steve jablonski's uh production of transformers the, the score the first Transformers movie score. I thought that was quite amazing. Um, and of course, um, even Hans Zimmer does video games and stuff like that too. Um, there's also John Powell. Um, he did a, a score uh, called Mr. and Mrs. Smith, <laughs> which, uh, uh, who, who is that? Angelina that, Jolie. Angelina Jolie. I love that soundtrack. <laughs> you know, so any of those will work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, unless you want to go with my favorite all-time album, which is Thriller. I mean, that's that's hands down my best album. <laughs> in, in which case, given that Michael will probably be looking down saying, yeah, this is what I actually did it for in the first place. And, and this is obviously what it was decided for. Which is your favorite MJ track from Thriller? Ooh, oh my, there's two, and it's always between Human Nature and Billie Jean. Um, I think I'll give the edge to human nature. Billie Jean is right there, like right just, just a distant second, but I, I totally love human nature. I'm watching, she likes the way I stand. 
You've sorted yourself out now. You've sorted out the crisis with the batteries. I know it's difficult. It's a 21st century issue. Never mind. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts or questions you'd like to put into the mix? I'd love to know for a final question for me, what has been the most rewarding thing for you throughout your musical career? If you had to just, just pick one for right now. I would say, um, oh gosh. I mean, there's so many rewarding things um, when you're a performing artist. Um, but just knowing that like I have songs that represented uh, important times in other people's lives. Like uh, for instance, um, there's a song, the song that I heard on the radio for the very first time, um, a couple got together and they got married and they, you know, became big fans of mine all because of that song. They tell me that it's because of that song. So, and they follow me on and, and they're still together and, and, and they say it was because of that song. So I, <laughs> you know so those those are those feel very rewarding to me yeah classic power of jakeem joiner um, now there's heaps of other things we could certainly go on to i know pamela's bursting to talk about other areas as well but a little plug jakeemjoiner.com is that the best place to actually go to keep appraised of all the magical worlds of your creativity as author as producer as musician and so on 
Yep. JakeemJorner.com or and also uh, Instagram um, at JakeemJorner. Excellent. Pamela, we're almost approaching that time where the two questions that, I mean, Jakeem's heard the two <laughs> questions for the midweek drive, but this is kind of a hybridization of that. It's kind of like a high flexibility version, high flex and so on. Uh, and <laughs> yes, pickles do come into it, but not until the very end, Jakeem. Um, so Pamela, any, uh, would you like to deliver them to Jakeem, please? <laughs> I would, and I wanted, I wanted to follow on that, what you're saying, that's such a magical moment. Um, because, and I'm sure that you will agree, when, you, when, when a song comes from your heart and you seem like you're a very emotional songwriter, you, you, that's your muse, your inspiration, and you follow it and you just write. You don't think about it, it's just coming from an emotional place. And you never know where that's gonna go. And, and, and it happens, it comes in, you write the thing, and then, you realize that these people, this, you know, whatever love was going on, this was like the, 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 you know, the amalgamating force that brought them together. And it was something that came into your heart that you shared. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's like, because I didn't know that the song was going to go in the direction that it went. And a lot of times when we're writing songs, it's like an adventure because we're like, we have an idea, a small idea, but a lot of things change and with the song and you never know, you got to be open-minded to let the song write the song, so to speak. <laughs> you're just finding it. You're digging away at all the other stuff and you're finding it. That's beautiful. Yes, exactly. That's, that is a great <laughs> analogy, digging away to find it. That's the, that's something I got to keep that. <laughs> write it down, put it on your wall. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> That leads me to the second question because I, you know, would love to discuss so much more about all of this and the cosmos, which we didn't talk enough about this time. Would, did, did you have a nice time with us and would you come back soon? Of course I had a, a, an amazing time and I can come back anytime, you guys. I love it, this is fun, I, I, very enjoyable. <laughs> Well, there we are. I feel as though it's almost like a combination of Frank Capra with Steven Spielberg in terms of uh, the, the, the sort of the, the wonderful, magical, emotional movements of the universe and the cosmos conspiring to produce great art, which is, is genius stuff. Um, OK, Kathy uh, Manser, Jessica Burtis, Jakeem Joyner, of course. Pamela, would you like to wrap up with our usual slogan? Uh, I mean, I don't know, Jakeem, I mean, from your own creativity and obviously great writing in here, we were looking for an end slogan. I mean, some of our shows have things like keep on resonating, keep watching the movies, whatever. Mm. Um, in this particular case, Pamela, we, we came up with home of the world's finest pickle, like New York Real Talk. <laughs> Home of the world's <laughs> finest pickle. I don't know. I mean, you've, you've got perspective from California now, so I'm on the West Coast. Can I represent? No, I want to represent New York and explain this because I don't think I've ever explained it, and it's so surreal that nobody gets it. Not there's not one person in the universe that I've said this to that even, let alone thinks it's funny. They just don't get it. This is the, the the pickle. Like I, we're in a fine pickle. Like there's another way of saying, oh my goodness, what a how crazy, what a mess we're in. But it's a double encounter because pickles, well, my daughter and I both love pickles. Um, and and um, New York has great pickles. I mean, other places in the world have pickles. Maybe some people don't like pickles. So that was the whole, you know, the home of the world's finest pickle. Can <laughs> 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 you change it, Jackie M? Like, do you, can mm -hmm. you guys get it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's... It sounds like we're in a pickle here, so um, 
it's quite a pickle deciding this. <laughs> I think that's but here in LA, we 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 don't we, we don't use the term pickle that much. Um, I would have thought apple. <laughs> You well, know, that, that, that did cross that, my that. mind, Joaquin. But then again, home of the world's finest apple, you could have all sorts of challenges there for, for our sites. We're in a fine apple. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, hey, let's go, let's go with your idea, Pamela. <laughs> I think it's been catch on. Joaquin, I think if we say it enough, and if it, become, if it goes into people's psyches enough, they're yes. just going to think, how could it be anything else? I'm exactly. just wondering really... whether it's the 21st century equivalent of I Heart New York. I mean, that worked in the 1970s. <laughs> but will, will, will we switch it now to Home of the World's Finest Pickle? It's a thought. Home of the World's Finest Pickle. That sounds interesting. I don't know. I have to hear it a couple of times and let it, let it uh, simmer in my head <laughs> to see if it works for me. <laughs> okay.